Sometimes people who think they have low social status hesitate to take on responsibilities in the church because they think that their outside job skills relate to how God wants to use them in the church. But in his teaching today, Pastor Daniel will let you know that it doesn't matter so much what your vocation is. God has a place for everyone to work in the church. You just have to be willing. Pastor Daniel's going to tell you how to find out. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter six as he continues his message, Thriving in Stressful Situations. So it begins with a simple encouragement that I'll just encourage you, my friends, to thrive in times of stress, don't grow weary. I realize that Paul's saying, don't grow weary. You're like, no, but in all the stress, I'm weary. I love how the Bible works because what the Bible is not saying is that the way to thrive in stressful seasons is, I would love to say, here, if you do these three things, you have no stress. The key is, is if you accept the fact that this life is a marathon, it takes exertion. The key is to not grow weary in the journey. To accept the fact that this journey is something that will be tiring. It's one of the reasons why, of course, in the scriptures, God has given us kind of what you could commonly call a rhythm of work and rest. Remember the seven days of creation, you work for six days and then what do you do on the seventh day? You rest. What was the first thing Adam experienced when he was created? Rest. Adam was created on the sixth day. God rested on the seventh day. Don't miss the fact that for you and I, we begin the journey with rest, and that rest is rest from our work in the finished work of Jesus. The spirituality of following Jesus. The Christian faith says you do not need to work your way into God's Joy. You do not need to work your way into God's good graces. Jesus has died and rose again. And so the key to not growing weary in a stressful world is realizing that maybe under the sun, on this side of eternity, you and I have a lot of things that we're responsible for. But one thing that we're not responsible for is our salvation because Jesus is responsible for that. And we can rest. You might want to clap for that. I mean, some of you went there. Because this is the good news. The good news is that, yes, you have deadlines at your job. Yes, you do have deadlines for your papers. Yes, work can be a bear. Yes, not having a job can be painful. All these things are very, very real. But there is a rest for the people of God, and that rest is in Jesus. Jesus is the great Sabbath for the heart of a human being. And that truth 
gives us the momentum and the energy to live the overcoming life. But what happens, I think, is in times of stress, and I've had many of them, in a lot of ways, I write books because I just want a manual for how to do this thing. And mostly I've realized, oh yeah, you didn't do that well at all. You got to figure that thing out. When I first got to CrossFit, it must have been here about three years. I'd taken over for our founding pastor about a year and a half earlier. And I remember I went to see my doctor because I just wasn't feeling good physically. It was one of those things where it's like I would go to bed at night and I'd feel my heart like it was going to pound out of my chest. I was in that kind of a season. And I remember I went to my doctor and the doctor's like, oh, so what's going on here, Daniel? And I said, oh, man, I'm not really doing good. You know, I'm like, I just, I, I, I lay down at night and I feel like my heart's going to explode out of my chest and just like, you know. So he's like, did all the blood work. And he's like, well, you realize, Daniel, you know, you've gained 20 pounds since the last time I saw you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I kind of noticed that, doc, you know. <laughs> Thanks for the good word, buddy. <laughs> you know, and he's like, you got high blood pressure. You know, he's like, your blood work, you got high cholesterol. He's like, let me ask you, how stressful is your job? <laughs> and I'm like, it's pretty stressful. And he's like, well, you're going to have to figure out how to alleviate that. And then he said, you want me to put you on meds or do you want to take care of this yourself? But he says, I'm like, I think I can take care of myself. He's like, I think you can too. And we started talking about it. And really what I realized was that I'd just taken over. I'd never been in a large church, let alone pastoring a large church and all that God was doing. And I was just not handling all the pressure well. Not at all. Not even a little bit. I was numbing myself out with the diet of Twinkie only. And it was good. I'd come home on a Sunday from church after preaching a bunch of services and I'd find myself to a bottom of a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, baby. With some Twinkie chasers after that. Because people would feel bad for me. Like, great sermon. Here's 10 boxes of Twinkies. I'm like, nice. And overall, I just wasn't handling the pressure well. And what I realized was, is that I wasn't accessing the most basic part of my faith was that when I'm feeling stress, there is a refuge for the people of God. That the righteous run in. And they could be safe. You think about in biblical times, the idea of taking a day off, just like it is today. Many of us, we do not know how to take a day off. And if you do take a day off, you just work like three times as hard at home as you would at your job. And what happens is, is really what we believe when we live that way. And I'm not talking about Sabbath keeping as a law. I'm not talking about works righteousness. I'm talking about good old fashioned you have to take care of yourself, is we start to not believe the fact that God is God and we are not. We perpetually work because we think if I don't do it, it will never get done. You think of the children of Israel where God said, listen, I want you to work for six days. On the seventh day, I want you to take it off. Oh yeah, I want you to sow your fields for six years. And on the seventh year, I want you to let it lay fallow so it can be rejuvenated. And I promise you that if you do this, I will take care of you with enough food. And that is a faith walk, isn't it? But one of the things we learn when we learn how to rest in Jesus, really practice this idea of rest, is we learn every day that God does not need us for the world to go around. That our security is not in all that we do. We have work to do, but our security is in the Lord himself and that the Lord will provide. 
And I realize it's like so many of these things, things like learning how to rest, resting in Jesus, even things like biblical generosity. What's so hard about biblical generosity is it's like, well, I barely make it with this. How am I supposed to be generous? But then you start doing it and the Lord's like, listen, you're thinking about this all wrong because I have this. And this is the way it's supposed to work. And when you don't trust me and it short circuits the worldview that I want to give you as you trust in me. And in all these things, whether it's learning how to rest in the Lord, in times of stress, remembering, listen, I'm at peace in Jesus. Jesus is my refuge. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, he's the one sleeping in the boat. That I don't have to get weary. I don't have to work myself into the ground. And I don't have to think that I'm going to make it through this stress by just holding on tight, bear hugging it and white knuckling it. No, there is a rest for the people of God. And that's why Paul says to the church in Galatia, listen, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't allow the stress to choke out. God's plan. Listen to the prophet Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How do you run and not grow weary? By resting in the Lord. By realizing it is a race. It's a run. It's going to keep going, but we learn how to recover and find rest in Jesus himself. Now, don't miss the fact, this idea of don't be weary and doing good. Here's the deal. As a church family, we believe that because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith who's fully engaged. Now, what does fully engaged mean? It means fully engaged. It means everyone involved. Now, I realize that some of you are brand new to Crossroads. Some of you have been here all 47 years of Crossroads. I also realize that culturally we've gone through over the last number of years this great upheaval, sifting and everything, and there are people who are brand new who you haven't gotten plugged in yet to start serving one another. We're gonna get to the end of this text that's gonna say, keep on doing good things and especially do it to who? The household of faith, your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you're new, listen, I want you to get plugged in. Use your gifts and talents within our family, our family of faith, because we're a body and all the body parts have purpose. And so you need to plug on in. Now, if you've been around here forever, I realize that being around here forever, that's a good thing. But also there are seasons where you're doing a lot and there's seasons that you're not doing a lot because life happens and all sorts of stuff. Now, there's a number of you who you stopped doing things because of all that happened over the last three years and it's time for you to get plugged back in again. And what's funny is every time I say that, people who've been around here are like, Pastor Dan, I'm so happy you said that. You spoke to me. You know, even just a couple of weeks ago, I did it where I was here. I'm like, listen, if you've been watching from home, but you got out of the habit of coming to church, it's time for you to be back in the church because God wants to use you. And I met all these people who were like, that was for me. And I was sitting home and I'm, I'm back now. And if you're back at home, come back again. Because I know how it goes. Habits are hard. Once they happen, they happen. But if you feel like, yeah, I used to serve a lot, but I haven't been for a while, we need you to get plugged back in because God's doing a work here. Like a wild work. Like I was just telling somebody like, Daniel, how you doing? I'm like, doing great. I'm like, this might be the most exciting season in my 10 years at Crossroads because of the work that God is doing right now. Very unique things in our midst. It doesn't look like what it looked like before the pandemic. Thank God it doesn't look like what it looked during the pandemic. Don't want to go back and do that again. But what he's doing now is quite extraordinary. 
And in order for God to do all he wants to do, we need all hands on deck. So if you kind of tapped out or, or like, man, I'm just getting back into it. Listen, it's time to step on back in. And we make it super easy. It's going into the family room and say, I would like to serve somewhere. Now, here's what I want to tell you. If you don't know where you want to serve, just start somewhere. Just start serving. If you sign up to serve, we're not going to make you serve there for the rest of your life with no hope of parole. It just doesn't work that way. You just start somewhere and then you discover where you're supposed to be as you go. I've always told the story. I did not ever think I'd be a pastor. I started serving in church, putting labels on cassette tapes that the word of God went on. I was the guy at church, like, no, imagine me showing up. You're one of the pastors at the church and I show up, but me like 20 years ago. And I'm like, hey, I want to serve Jesus. You definitely don't put me anywhere near the stage. You don't put me anywhere near people. You're like, we'll stick him in the church kitchen and then put labels on the tapes. We'll see if he's safe, you know? And that's pretty much what happened. But it was powerful for me because I realized I'm like, I'm trying to walk with Jesus. And I'm like, man, like God's word is going on these tapes and people are going to hear it. And so I got very, very specific. I didn't want any wrinkles on that label. It was like, it's got got to be center. It's for, it's worship. Like it was for Jesus. I had a technique down. It was a whole thing. It was like super fun. And and, and because I'm a musician, I would just get into the rhythm of it. Like, and it was so much fun. And I did a faith fight, show up before Wednesday night service and I put labels on the tapes. When we show up early to church, then you start meeting like, who are the people who are serving, making all this stuff go? And you meet all these people and you're, hey, what? so when you start putting labels on the tape, I'm like, oh, I just started a couple weeks ago. This is so cool, man. God's word goes on here. Do you listen to the tapes? I listen to tapes in my car all the time. One of these tapes are gonna be mine in my car. This is when we used to have cassette players in our cars. Some of you still do with the little cassette thing with the cable coming out so it plugs in your phone. I know how it works. And then finally, like, man, you know, you're really friendly. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Do you want to be a greeter? Yeah. And then I graduated out of the kitchen to the front door. And it was cool. And I'm me, so I got my locks. I was a little bit skinnier back then, still handsome. And, and people would come in. I'm like, hey, welcome to church. And some people would be like, yo, hey, you know, because I'm a hugger. And just start hugging on everybody and saying, hey, welcome to church. And I'm meeting all these people. And then finally, they're like, man, you know, like, you're kind of fun. Like, you want to teach a Bible study? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not the guy you want to teach in the Bible study. No, 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 no. Like, just do it for a couple weeks. And I remember I taught a Bible study, and my pastor's wife was there horrifying, (laughs) horrifying. And I'm so new to Jesus when this is all happening that I'm totally thinking like, they're trying to find a reason to get rid of me. I'm just, I'm bad for the church's image or whatever. And the pastor's wife's there and I'm like, and I definitely don't know what I'm talking about. And I'll never forget it because my pastor's wife, she walks up to me after the Bible study and she says, you're going to be a pastor. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, where's the candy camera? You're kidding me, right? Because literally, I'm like, you're kidding me right now. And she's like, no, no. She's like, Daniel, I think you have a gift. She's like, obviously, like, this is your first Bible study? I'm like, first Bible study. I'm like, I figured you were here to make sure I didn't teach everyone the wrong stuff. He's like, well, she's like, well, I was expecting some things, you know. But she's like, but no, like, this is really important what you're talking about. She's like, I think there's something here. But it all began because I was willing to put labels on the tapes. I say that to say, like, just start with something. If you're friendly, be a greeter. If you don't like people, we're not going to make you be a greeter. Does that make sense? If you're like, listen, I'm worried about our young people, then start serving in students and kids. And if ultimately you decide you really don't like young people, we're not going to keep you in there. We love those kids too. We're not going to leave you in there. Like, (laughs) You see how it works? Listen, 
You want to serve the Lord. It is the greatest gift in the world to serve Jesus. Now, he doesn't need our service because he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. But because he served us, he says, man, I washed my disciples' feet. I want you to go and do likewise. And you will grow. Talk about stress and tension and pressure. When you serve Jesus, I always tell people that one of the great gifts I have as being a pastor is that if I don't show up to church, everyone will know it. Like, if I just wake up, I'm like, man, I'm tired. It was a busy week. I just don't feel like being there today. If I show up, would you all notice it? Especially if it says that Pastor Daniel's preaching and all of a sudden it's a, the sermon intro video comes and then it's a blank stage. Everyone's like, uh, Pastor Gabriel's out because Pastor Gabe can do everything and then 10 times more things and he'll be like, I'll preach today, you know? If I'm not there, people know. And in the, to be honest with you, one of the best ways to be a fully engaged family member is to be the kind of person that if you don't show up, everyone will know because there's a hole. In the same way, if your arm didn't show up one day, you'd notice. If your eyesight checked out one day, you'd notice. If the waste removal system doesn't work, you'd know. That was graphic, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it's because Pastor Gabe had us doing math, sorry. But straight up. When you're a part of the body, there's a role that you serve. And we want all of you to find that God-given role that if you don't show up, something's missing because we're fully engaged together. So don't grow weary in doing good. But then that's what he says next. And I love this because he says, for in due season, we will reap if we do not lose heart. My friends, in seasons of stress, the reason we don't want to grow weary is because there's a harvest coming. I love this. Don't grow weary in doing the good things, the right things, the things for Jesus. Why? For in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. Now, this is very much a picture from that time where people were farmers. It was an agrarian society. And how many of you keep gardens yeah, it's kind of a lost art, some of you, you're doing it. A bunch of you, you're like, I just go to the store and I get my vegetables there and I give them my whole paycheck. It's a different discussion. But anyway, but here's the deal. From the time you plant a seed until the time the harvest comes, there's a gap of time, isn't there? And we are so used to getting things immediately. And I like living in an immediate culture, just like the next person. But the thing is, is we forget the fact that from the time you plant a seed till the time of harvest, there is a gap of time. And so much of what God wants to grow in our lives, it, we don't have the immediate gratification of I just start it and I stop it. I was just talking to someone about this, about with working out. Because like, man, Daniel, it seems like you've been consistent with working out. And I'm like, I realized from the moment I decided I was going to work out and to me, I had my perfect physique, I wanted that to happen in one workout. About 15 minutes, not too strenuous. It's like, I go to the gym and now I'm solid. Now, everyone knows that that's not true, Right? But it's you consistently over time, you just keep on plugging away. And at some point you're like, how did I get here? Same thing, many of you in retirement, you started saving for retirement, just a little bit at a time. You're like, man, this is never gonna work. And all of a sudden over the course of a career, you're like, hey, it's time for retirement. I think we're gonna be fine. In your relationships, building a good relationship, you have to be putting in daily deposits. When there's those 
massive withdrawals because you did something really bad, then you need to go back and you need to do some repairing work and you need to keep putting those deposits in. Over time, a relationship blossoms. And my friends, the Bible says that if we keep on following Jesus and serving Jesus, that there will be a harvest, but it doesn't happen immediately. And for most of us, this is the problem because we wanted everything yesterday. Or even worse, we feel entitled to it happening yesterday. And I think, my friends, there's not a more unbiblical concept than entitlement. The assumption that I deserve this. Because if you want to be realistic, what the Bible teaches is all of us deserve eternal damnation, destruction, separation from God. We don't deserve anything. We've all failed so famously. But God, who is rich in mercy, has saved us and forgiven us. We don't deserve everything to come up roses for us. We don't deserve anything. But God says, listen, I want you to realize that when you keep on simply responding to me and honoring what I'm asking you to do, in due season, at the appointed time, at harvest time, a harvest is going to be reaped. And of course, James says it this way. This is James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. It says, therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. See, what he's saying here is that for a farmer, he plants, and then even though he's not seeing all the fruit, he still has to, in that culture, there's the early and the latter rain, so there are seasons of rain. Still need to make sure everything's fine. There's not some sort of pestilence going on or some bugs are eating it. There's things to do, but you have to wait from the time that you plant until the time that the harvest comes. And my friends, it's the same thing in our lives, especially in times of stress. Because what we want in times of stress, we just want to eject out of everything. Like, just get me out of here. But if we don't grow weary in doing good, we begin to realize that God is going to bring a harvest of fruitfulness. We always think of fruitfulness as like material abundance. But you realize that the fruit that the Bible is always speaking about is spiritual fruit, eternal fruit. Not just treasures on the earth. We're talking about treasures in heaven. We're talking about Christ-likeness. And as we continue on, we believe that a harvest is coming because the Bible says that it will. And then it says this, if we do not lose heart, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. My friends, really what I want to close this whole series, that you're going to make it serious by saying, my friends, just keep on keeping on. He says, listen, inducing you, if you do not lose heart, therefore, do not stop doing good to everyone and especially to the people of God. Jesus is real. That was a pretty funny story Pastor told about him being an enthusiastic new believer, willing to do the most humble tasks working his way into his calling as a pastor and teacher. And it's not like God's going to call you to be a pastor, but the point is that God's got a place for you in your fellowship. But you've got to get off the dime and start serving. There are people who need your talents. Don't keep hoarding them for yourself. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel shares from the Scriptures. You'll be sure to be blessed, maybe laugh a bit, and most importantly, learn the principles of God's Word. You'll find out more about how God can work through your life experiences and cause you to become a benefit to other people's lives. Thanks again for taking time out of your busy day to spend time with us and Pastor Daniel. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.